This week on the podcast, I have Ross Ward. Ross is an athlete whom I've been coaching for a few months, and he recently finished his first 50K race at the Minor 49er at the Mines of Spain Recreation Area in Iowa. And he did a fantastic job, put in a ton of work through training, and we got down, got together there to talk about nutrition and training and everything Ross learned like through the work over the past year. I think you're going to get a ton out of this interview, so let's get to it. Welcome to the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. This week on the podcast, I have Ross Ford. He's an athlete I've been coaching for the past few months, and we're gonna. he recently finished his first 50K. Is that right, Ross? First 50K race. Awesome. Um, yes, what, what race did you just do? So that was the Mines of Spain uh, 50K in uh, Mines of Spain rec area in uh, here in Iowa. Yeah. In the eastern part of the state. It was uh, out and back uh, for a two, I guess you call them laps, two out and backs on that, right? So um, it's a really nice course. It was um, – Nice wide trails, and it was a lot, of, a lot of elevation for Iowa. Most people would be shocked about that. There was probably, yeah. uh, if you believe your GPS app, there was 3,500, 3,600 foot of elevation. They report 4,000, 4,400 feet, whatever it was. It was had good elevation. It wasn't, wasn't a classic Iowa race, right? Yeah, I so. mean, people who listen to the podcast, I had Scott on here a couple of weeks ago talking about the 100-miler the at the Mines of yeah. Spain. And I, when I first looked into coaching him for that, I was shocked by how much elevation there was out in the middle of Iowa at this like wreck area. Right. So yeah, for no, sure. Exactly. And I think I was about half crazy for selecting that one for my first race. And that's just because of the elevation pieces, like, you know, I could have found something a little more, but it was, it was a fun race. It was an incredible experience and it, it kind of fed into, you know, the, the uh, challenge aspect of it that I, I love to pursue those kind of things. So. You know, it was a it was a great race. Um, the course was wide, man. It was you you had three or four lanes. I, I could have probably drove a truck up and down the most of the the course, and it was all trail. It was all trail, so it was that was cool. That that made it great. It's awesome, man. It's a lot. I don't know. Sometimes the single track, as much as I enjoy it, it can get a little stressful when we're talking like passing and moving around. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, and your foot placement. I find myself wandering side to side sometimes on narrow trails and that really i think i've messed up some things in my hip because i wasn't prepared for that kind of thing right yeah i feel that especially someone who like has my joint struggles i can see i can see where that might come in so for the minor minor 49er right that's what they call it 49er that's it awesome so if we're looking at at that race like what other than wide trails how was it how was the race well it was uh I have to say it was probably pretty tough, actually. It was started out raining, which it, for me was good because it kept me cool. I'm, I'm very adverse to, to heat and sweating, right? But uh, we went through that a lot this summer, struggling with the, the training aspects of it. But um, the, the rain, as though it worked good for me, it was really hard on the trail. <laughs> we, we had um, most of the inclines were 
turn to mud before it's over with because everybody's powering up the short inclines, right? So you're trying to, you're really digging in and you dig in on soft soil. And when you're the last guys coming through on the track, you're, you're really uh, wading deep by that time. Slick bridges, not, not like ice, right? But um, a fellow runner that I ended up finishing the race with, he said it was a basically the, the hardest race he's done. Uh, he'd done a 50 or 100K uh, like a, a month before and run a marathon every year this year, every month this year. He's like, That's the, this is the hardest one I ever did because of the conditions, uh, the, the, the moisture and uh, cold. And uh, so it was a tough race. I just take his experience for it because that's really my first race like that. So it was, it, it, you know, it was pretty incredible that way. That's awesome, man. I mean, yeah, I saw some of the, like the videos and everything of you out there and it looked like you had a really good time. And yeah. in spite of the <laughs> slightly, what we might call hectic environment, um, it looked sloppy too, though. So I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, that, I mean, that was the whole race. For me, I was I was zoned out, right? It's just that, that dopamine high or whatever it is is determined to finish the race and not not think about the hard things. But man, it was uh, uh, it it uh, really challenged us, really challenged us in in a in a fun way. Yeah, I can see that. I think it's partially why we do these things, right? So, like, if you're looking at yeah. that, like, what did you learn from doing this race? Oh wow, uh, teamwork. You know, the, 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 first of all, just the fact that I always try to do things solo. I've been a, a solo guy and uh, been been searching and hunting, trying to learn uh, to run, uh, to run faster and run further. And and uh, I just wasn't getting there by myself. Right. It, it wasn't intuitive. And and I found you basically 14 months ago. We started working really started following you on, on your Facebook page with your podcast and, and, and videos. And um so the training aspect of it was a huge, you know, like you can't do it by yourself. I couldn't do it. I a lot of people might be able to, but I couldn't, um, you know, the support from, from you and, and the family. And then when on the race day, uh, support at the track, you know, my wife was there, uh, needed her to help shuttle things or drop bag got missed. So we got to the end of the first loop and, and it's like, uh, there's only two drop bags here and not one of them, and neither one of them are the one I have. Right. And she happened to be there with stuff. And so that that helped you know, hugely. And she was at every aid stop along the way in, in, in another place. So it was always good to have that encouragement from Debbie, my wife, you know, and then and then another part of it, the solo part of it is the, the runner I ended up meeting up with. We run together, basically pace each other for the entire race the way it worked out. Uh, he done good on the flats and he would leave me behind. But we ended up meeting up at, at every aid station stop. Every turnaround, we, we showed up at the same time. We, we finished within like five minutes of each other. Uh, but we leapfrogged. Um, and so his, his uh, accompanying me there kept our minds, kept us focused and, and driving forward, you know. So huge, huge learning experience there for me on, on, uh, uh, on race day. Uh, that, that helped a lot in, uh, in, in getting through. and. Uh, uh, seem like there's other things. Yeah. Hey, I'll I was, give you a, give you a pause for a sec. So like, if we're, if we're looking at the teamwork thing, I think it is so valuable, right? Like, and especially you had oh, yeah. Debbie there for you and like pulled into like, this is such a solo sport. Like at the end of the day, most of us probably spend a good 
amount of time out there running alone, <laughs> whether that's our preference or not, it just to put in this amount of mileage, like a lot of the time we end up out there solo. And come race day, like there's almost always going to be this like group of people that bonds together, whether you train with them or not, or you just met them that morning. Like I got into the sport, par sport partially by working at aid stations, right? There's the very least going to be someone in an aid station who like hands you something so you can keep kicking the crap out of yourself. And that's kind of <laughs> like where, and that's kind of where we are, right? So I'm really glad that you were able to like have that support structure there. Yeah, and, and it wasn't, and even beyond that, just the training aspect of it, you know, how important it was to have the training, you know, but, uh, you know, you just, you, they have the nutrition prepared and, and worked through ahead of time. So when you did get that frantic race day, I got to get done kind of thing, your, your habits, there's a, there were a few habits that I, that I had taken on that were good for me. And, and those kicked in and, and nutrition was one of them. It's, you know, there was a point in the race. I'm like, man, I said, I don't feel like eating. And I thought I just keep pushing for a little bit. And I didn't, you know, five minutes later, I said, no, Sir Ross, you, you're, you need some more carbs. You're getting low. You're starting to bump. You just got to eat something. And so that the habit was there, even though I questioned it at time, it, you know, and, and that the training was just huge, you know, because I didn't, you know, before I would just run till I wrecked and then I'd walk. Right. I had that slogan. I, I'll, I'll run near, I'll run far and walk back to my car. That was my strategy. You know, I just go, go, go until I, till I kill myself basically. And then walk. <laughs> Love that. So, you know, that was, so, so that was huge, right? This, the, the yeah. training aspect, but being prepared, you know, there's so many times I've gone out and, and, you know, I just go till I hurt so bad. I, I, I stop and then I just start walking. And I think that's you know, over probably and over. I think that's probably true for a lot of people listening to this, right? Like a lot of us have that like very go hard until we explode mentality. Yep. And yep. it yep. takes, <laughs> I think this is one of those things where someone who trains like a fairly wide variety of people in my daily life, like there's some people who need to hear the like, come on, get off the couch message. Yeah. But most of the time when I'm talking to my running clients, it's all right, we need to like dial it back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> message, right? Like it's kind of, it's kind of there. And so I'm going to pull us back a second. If we're looking at nutrition, yeah. everything, people always love to hear like what works because some days you're going to find some things work. So we're just like popping ideas. What worked for you as nutrition to like fuel you through this race? Yeah, I mean that was uh, the sugars, right? We it, it was that was the the paradox of of the training. You you want to eat good on non race days, right? Have a, a good eating habit, but on race day you've got to have sugar and <laughs> you got to have the carbs. And you know I I used a lot of fruit based stuff and practiced with it and um, for the for juices and even gummies, right? Um, and, and those were my mainstay some fruit bars even. Um, but, it, but, uh, you know, it took me a while to learn that bacon doesn't work, right? Macaroni and cheese does not work before a run. <laughs> Certainly not two bowls of it. It yeah. may taste good, but your gut does not appreciate you. It's not for me, man. I know people who run on like nothing but peanut butter and bacon and stuff. And I'm just like, nah, that's gonna, that's coming back. <laughs> oh Yeah. No, it didn't, it, it didn't work, right? And my, uh, the pecan pie was my favorite. I thought, oh man, this thing's loaded with sugar. This would be great. 
And then we talked and said, Ross, you know, that's got like 10 sticks of butter in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you've made one, you're very well, how well aware how much like butter is in pie. So yeah, yeah. for sure, dude. Yep. Yep. So there was a lot of wrecking I did in training, but it was, it, it helped. I can't believe this. I, I actually have lost my taste for Twinkies. I, you know, really? that was another one of those. I, I, hey, here's sugar. This is going to be great. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to go out for a run and I'm going, I'm out and I'm like, my stomach's hating me right now. What is wrong? Yeah, I can see that. There's like, and I think a lot of the time we think about, and I think this is where we end up with problems in our like low carb mentality a lot of the time, because so many of these foods that are like high carb foods, right? Like if we look at pastries and desserts and potato chips and French fries and all these things, if we look at them calorically, they're actually higher percentage fat than they are carbohydrate, right? So if we look at like that breakdown, other high carb foods they're higher fat foods they're just high caloric foods so when we that that often gets us into a trouble or into trouble in the diet realm and when we're looking to fuel our running like all of that mentality that we've had shoved at us for years in the diet world that you can't escape and ever comes to play when we're trying to fuel our runs and it often causes problems you know, the other thing, huge thing for me about nutrition was understanding how much your body can actually handle, right? You, you, uh, you know, I'm, I come from a, a culture of uh, we eat buffet. That's our favorite food, just buffet, everything. And we can, when you was younger, you could do that, right? You just eat, 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 and your metabolism went away. And, um, you know, understanding certainly on race day, your stomach can handle so many calories or so many grams of certain things. And you, and you help teach that, you know, you explain that this is very analytical, you know, it's not a something nebulous out there that we don't understand it's like this is set in stone kind of ross <laughs> yeah at least some degree like we're learning a little bit more but it's not infinite right yep. and if we have this buffet mentality your body will eventually figure out most of that but on race day like you're kind of time bound <laughs> so we yep. need to get it out of your stomach yes it really yep. matters so you had also mentioned that you like learned a good amount through this training process, like what, yes. and like set some really good habits. So I'd love to hear more about that. Oh, um, like metabolism, your core, you know, my, my original concept for cross training was uh, to do hill repeats and climb stairs. And, it's, you know, I just didn't have a concept for it. Right. The, the whole idea that I needed metabolism and I thought running, you know, would build muscle. And, uh, you know, it don't, it actually, as we, you indicated, we, we actually tear our muscles up and deplete ourselves. If that's all we do is run, right. Your body just basically cannibalizes itself. Right. Yeah. Especially if you don't refuel. Right. And your muscles yeah. will build in the way that you teach them. So like a lot of runners will have like, I mean, really strong legs. Right. So like my roommate in college, he could probably squat as much as I could at the time. Um, but upper body strength, little to none, right? So like yeah. your body will learn what you teach it to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. That, so, I mean, I, you know, that understanding how the, the core work and it helps, it affects your running style too, right? Your, your lower, uh, your, your whole core, your, your, as you run, your whole body's uh, shaking around, basically moving around. And so you, that, that plays into that and not just, you know, my own metabolism. So I can't eat not just starve myself from a diet perspective, yep. right? <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. So that, that was huge. Do the stretching piece, right? And targeting 
targeting muscles that you have no connection with. There were so many things I didn't have a connection. I'm like, you want me to do what? I don't get this. I don't, that, I, that, I don't have no connection there. That don't work. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I still, like I glute. think everybody has some of that. Right. You push with your glute. Uh, I don't, I don't feel that. Right. Yeah. I think we talked about this, uh, doing the one leg, uh, single leg, uh, the uh, single leg, uh, bridges, bridges. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my, uh, hamstring wants to take over and the comment was well just hang in there keep it going it'll give up it'll, you know it's cramping no it'll give up don't worry what do you mean it'll give up i think it's gonna squirt outside of my leg find your glute forget the hamstring <laughs> i think that's more of a comment from your pt than it was for me but yeah it, absolutely it was, yeah yeah <laughs> you helped coach me through that so, yep you know that's way that stuff works right <laughs> i have a slightly different policy on that front but yeah absolutely like it that is one one strategy for sure yeah the drill sergeant style right yeah just suck it up (laughs) so if we're looking at like some of that training stuff like i think some of it also plays into background and so i know you used to play basketball quite a bit um love to hear a little bit about like athletic background and then like what got you into running because as everybody knows like ultra running is a crazy sport so like what got you to a point that you wanted to go run tens of miles in the woods. Sure. Absolutely. Basketball was my, I just, my love from high school. Uh, I never actually played competitively in organized sports, but I played pickup games and, and um, I uh, was very driven, very determined. I had, I'm only, I'm a short guy. I'm about five, six, but you know, I I boast, I had my my vertical was over 30 inches, you know, it's just, I could leap and I could do it like, Lots of times in a row. It wasn't just, you know, I just had springs in my legs. So I love to play. I got to play with some great athletes uh, at the University of Arkansas during pickup games. Um, but, you know, and, and uh, so I had a lot of leg strength and probably agility, I think, probably carries over. Uh, ankle strength. Um, you know, I've, even Saturday when I run the race, I, I, I turned on the side of my ankles, at least tw- one on each ankle. But it was no, there was no effect for it. It didn't hurt me any. I, don't, I just, I still don't understand that. But my legs have the agility and the strength there, and I think part of that was from basketball days. Maybe before that was I was a farm kid, so I hauled hay and fed feed buckets, and you did stuff all you know, split firewood and a lot of stability type things. But you know, when it got into uh, running, uh, that really, I, my first introduction to running, there was a guy that liked to run marathons. And that just freaked me out. I said, you can't do that. And this was in my early 20s. Um, and that probably he gave me the first advice that that has probably been the the what pushed me the furthest when I run. He's like, you know, I never run a marathon to practice. I only run, you know, five, five miles here, five miles there. And I might run a, you know, 10 or 12 or 15 miles on the weekend. And so the whole concept was, hey, if you can run one mile, you can run two. So he never <laughs> run more than 12 at a time. And he went to run a marathon. So if I could run 12, I can run 26. <laughs> So, you know, my, I, yesterday I run five. So tomorrow I go run 10 and walk back to my car. <laughs> oh God. I right? have opinions about that training strategy, but it's really true. Like there, yeah. there is the, God, I've heard this attributed to a couple people, um, but I'll attribute it to McKinsey who was on this podcast. Cause I don't know who to actually put it to, but she was quoting somebody who said like, when you're think you're a hundred percent, down 
you're probably actually 40% down, right? Yeah. And I've heard that attributed to Goggins and a few people, but it's very, you have a lot more mental game than you think you do most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd always had this expectation if I could have done that, you know, un- unrealistic, you know, so if I can run, if I can do 15, I can do 30. Why not? You know, I've already done half of it. I just got to do it again. Yeah. So, but it, so that was, that was when I was in my early twenties and, and what really got me into running is I had a coworker, uh, my first uh, job as an engineer and he, uh, he liked to run. So we just started running. We'd run basically three times a week, but we saw it was all 5k stuff. He'll run two or three miles. And we got that best. We was sub seven minute miles, you know, which was okay. Pretty good. People yeah. went a lot faster than that. But yeah. People also train pretty hard to try to run like sub 25 K. So if you're running sub seven minute miles for three miles, like pretty yeah. good, dude. Yeah. And it was fun. Kenny, uh, Kenny Dickerson. And you know that we did that for we worked together for a year and a half was was about it but uh, it was a great experience and then and then really what it came down to and this is where trail running come into play um about 2015 i i i love i'm an outdoorsman and i've always been outdoors been a solo hunter so i'm, I'm doing spend a lot of time outside in the woods by myself but trail running is just you don't that's just not something that i link together uh, and in 2015, I decided, man, I'm, I'm going to go elk hunting. I've been dreaming about this. And so I just finally got a place in life said, I'm forget work. I'm going hunting. And so uh, the end of August, I made the commitment. And about 12 weeks later, I took off on a solo elk hunt, a backpack about 10 miles into the Weemanooch wilderness of the Pine River in, in Colorado. And part of that training plan that, that I put together for myself, because I didn't know, you know, I need a backpack, I need to run. So I, my cardio was to run. Right. And so that's what I did. And Love that it. began my experience. Right. And it was cool. I said, I said, I can go on here for quite a while, actually, about the experience. I, I met my first trail runner on that trip. I went in for a, a recon uh, two weeks before season. And I'm, I'm with a 45 pound pack. I'm five miles in, four or five miles in. And this young lady with her pup cruised past me running the trail. I'm like, what is she doing? Because I'm dying. You know, I've already stopped and rest a couple of times. You know, I'm just, I'm booked. The elevation, the weight and everything, I'm just done. And she, she's just trotting along. Love Casual it. pace. If there was somebody with her, she had been chit-chatting because she just had that cardio. And she, and then when she come back by, I'm like, how far did you run? And she's like, oh, I went about seven, seven and a half. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. You know, and the, that was my first introduction to trail running. Um, and uh, awesome. I didn't know you could do that. Right. And um, it was actually the, also the first time I did my first endurance event before I knew much about it. Because at the end of that elk hunt in November of 2015, I did my first 50 miler. I was backpacking. I was hunting. It took me 28 hours. But for me, it was like, man, wow. And my metabolism and, and adrenaline was going for like days after that. You know, I was just, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that. that was the classic. I went from basically a couch you know, a desk job to a 50 miler, like 28 hours, but doggone, that was, that was, I mean, very memorable. And that's, that's really what got me started. That's far. Yeah. That's awesome. What was the 50 miler like? Were you, were you just out there hunting through the woods for a couple days or just like go for straight or what was that? So I killed an elk Tuesday morning and by 11 o'clock, I field rested at 11 o'clock. I packed up my camp halfway hiked out made a call so it's 10 mile out and back 
and uh, I called the outfitter to come get my elk. I hike back in in the middle of the night. I get scared because he's been putting fear into me about snow and a snowstorm. It's blizzard. This horrendous blizzard's coming through. So I'm freaked out and at nine o'clock at night. I'm 20 miles in right now up in the wilderness by myself and I get freaked out. I said, okay, I got to go out. I'm not going to sleep tonight. It's not going to work out. I got to go out and I don't know if they'll even be able to get up here tomorrow because of the snow. That's how much fear he put into me about this. So I, I hike out. So there's 30 miles. I drive all the way into town and literally get a motel room and sleep for a couple hours. And then the next morning I get up at like five, drive back to the trailhead and hike back in with the outfitter to go get my elk. Um, pack up the rest of my camp uh, they pack up my elk and that, and then after all that's done, I hike back out. And so there's, there's your 50. And I'm assuming it didn't snow. No, no, it snowed. That, okay. The last 20 miles I did in six to 12 inches of snow, oh, a wet dude. snow too. Wow. That's a rough, was, you must've just been post hole into your knees. Uh, it <laughs> was messy. wet. I actually wore my waders out. I, <laughs> I got a whole different yeah. story I could talk about how to backpack. And that was not, that was the place <laughs> I learned what not to take. But I yeah. had some waders with me and I actually put them on and wore them back out because my pants were, they were froze solid. I know a lot of ski industry employees who like wear muck boots all the time because they're, yeah. they're great. I mean, not the thing to wear on ice, right? Like they have no, no. traction, no, no traction, but if they're like sloppy, like, yeah, man, it's great. Well, then, and then I moved to Idaho and it's like, we play in the snow up there. That this snow is, I learned not to, I learned to respect snow, but I still, I don't fear it anymore. You know, I know how to, I don't get around in it. Yeah. I, I wore my trail shoes and snow and runs in snow and my feet are, and I know a lot of people have trouble with that, but my feet are okay with it as long as I keep moving. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. So like, that kind of got you into running and what made you decide that you kind of wanted to pursue this further and make that next step? I, uh, like the next step as far as ultra running was just realizing how much fun it was exploring because that just fed back into my personality. I love the outdoors. I love hunting. So that fed back into that. And that just, you get to do more of it and faster, you know, um, I get to share it with people. I, I have been able to take and guide, basically guide people on backpacking and, and hunting trips up that same area, which is cool. Uh, but as far as, you know, continuous improvement part of it, you know, I just, I'm always trying to, get better in the running aspect i've always wanted to, to do better you know faster um uh, my, my pace i am i am super slow you know I, I may be able to go all day but i don't go as you know i could i so i've, I've been struggling that's with that aspect of it you know, personally i want to be faster and try to improve on that and and that's what led me to you because even the nutrition part my i got a, my brother-in-law is like ross you need to get a nutritionist and then when you know last summer when when we become friends on Facebook and been following your stuff. It's like, oh man, you got the perfect thing. You run it. You got the running background and the nutrition background. This is the guy. Like, you you can help me, right down the line of what what I'm trying to do. And so it's been great working together and all the information you put out. So that's been awesome. I appreciate that, and it's been fun working with you too. So I guess I'll ask this now. I was going to ask it later, but like, what was it like having a coach through this endeavor? Like, what made you want to go for it? How have you found your progress like i know since you've played basketball in the past you've been coached in the past like that's pretty inevitable but uh, i know no, for never coach was. at all it's it all just solo i just pick up from people or watching michael jordan play basketball on tv really all right that's cool it. i kind of figured you're on a, on a team or something great uh -huh. so like if we're looking at never was like your first experience with coaching how was it 
uh, it was great. I mean, it, it, it was a learning curve for me. I, I wasn't used to structure. <laughs> I, I, you probably noticed this, but there was some point in the, in the process here. I'm like, you know, Will's putting a lot of time into this. I need to follow the plan. <laughs> that wasn't day one. That was oh. a few weeks in. <laughs> well, we also started and you didn't have like a race on the calendar. We had this nebulous goal of like, get better, (laughs) (laughs) which is a little harder to structure in general. So yeah, that's fair. But then we got a race on the calendar and yeah, you dialed in a little more. Well, in my, my own personal workouts were really just fun runs. So everything I did was, was when I was comfortable, when I felt good, you know, there, there wasn't a structure to it. If I run, you know, 10 miles one week and 20 the next week, that was just what I did. And uh, the structure helped me um, be committed to it, right? It's like, you need to go ahead and you do need to get out. There's a reason why there's a structure to this, there's, there's a pattern we're following and, and it helped me be more, a lot more disciplined and, and realize the effort that I needed to put into it to, to be successful. And uh, yeah, I had to work through that though, right? I, I just kind of rolled where I wanted to roll and, a lot of the runs that I, really all the runs ever did, I, I, I did them fully recovered uh, because that was just the way my mentality was. I want to feel a bit as good as I could. And then that I think some of the, a lot of what we did was, you know, you, you keep developing, even though you may be a little tired, you still get benefit from doing some workouts. And that, that helped in that regard, I thought. Uh, so, you know, and, and, and the, the nutrition coach, you know, helping understand what was going on with my body. It's like, yeah, Ross, don't eat that Twinkie. That Twinkie's full of fat and your, your body's not going to like that. You know, bacon, it's not going to go. So we worked through a lot of, you, you helped work through a lot of, a lot of things like that that, 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 that I was just naive to. I didn't realize how that affected my body kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And I mean, to be clear, I, people have heard me say this, like I have nothing against like the inclusion of those foods in your diet. Right. Yeah. But yeah doing it right before you go out for a run when you're trying to push an intensity session is not yet necessarily the best idea. So yeah. 100%. And I had experienced that to finally figure it out. You know, I finally made the connection, but those connections that we, we always talk about connect, I connected that, that, the gut problems with my Twinkie that I say, I'm like, okay, don't do that before your runs, Ross. So yeah, but you know, the structure really, this having a coach and, and able to encourage me along the way and, and, and convey the message, you know, that this is what we're trying to achieve, right? I, you know, I was just, you know, not understanding how to get from point A to point B and you help fill in those gaps a lot. I appreciate that. I'm glad I was able to help on that. Oh, and, and you know, the other part, you know, adapting, you know, there was, I run a couple of races uh, earlier in the year, small, short races, right? Little 5k, 10k things. And, and it helped, you know, here, here's how basically you manage your, your work, your week, you know, you're going to, you want to taper a little bit for this. And it was all, all learning experiences, all that learning experience. Oh, you, you know, this, you had, you went on this hike and you trashed your body. Okay. Ross, this week, we need to take this a little differently. Right. So we, we, you're able to adapt to what's going on because I think you've talked about this training plans don't always go as planned. So Never. having a personal <laughs> trainer, you're like, okay, Ross, here's where you're at. We can, you need to go this, you know, we'll, we'll teach her a little bit here this for this reason. That's huge. Yeah, I feel like plan is, I don't, I don't know. It's a vague term. It's a structure. It's a general, whatever, like yeah. training plans are super helpful. We should definitely like have a general concept as we go through, but I mean, that is the advantage to either knowing a ton about it yourself or like hiring someone who does. Cause your plan is not going to happen. I've never met anybody whose plan went perfectly. And even if you're pretty close, like, 
something's going to fall off and knowing how to make that adaptation or like adapting the plan when it's time is needed. And you don't always need someone else to do that for you, but you need to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I needed that because I didn't have, there was, I had no background to help me with that. It's, it was not, it, honestly, running was not intuitive. I just always thought this was intuitive. You just go out and run. <laughs> I mean, it, and walk it back wasn't, to your car. That's what it I wasn't did. for me, man. Like running's never been intuitive for me. There's a reason I've never made progress on it until the past year or two. Like I've always just tried to kill myself until I was done and then wondered why I wasn't seeing any forward movement. Right. Yes. Like this is just kind of how this works. There's a lot of science to this process. Yeah. I was amazed that you're, you was able to help navigate so much of that for me. And uh, I know this, this next year I'll, I'll still continue to go through trying and, and make those adaptations, learn, continue to learn and progress on uh, the nutrition part and the training part, you know, the, the, the running uh, workouts that we did uh, implement those and, and learn from them. And, and uh, it's really advanced what I know about, understand about nutrition. Um, still have a lot to learn, but it's just been, been great that way as, as well as running. You know, we worked on running form too. We talked about that a lot, you know, your cadence and your form and, and, what muscles are engaging and when and, and those kind of things. And, and all that was very, very helpful, even all, all along the way. Awesome, man. Well, I'm really glad to hear all that. Well, like if we're talking kind of into next year, like what do you have on the horizon? What's next for you? Like, what are you thinking? Do you have races you're looking to do or big trips or what's, what's coming next? Yeah, boy, <laughs> I'm not sure if my legs or mine are ready to commit to a, another ultra yet. Uh, <laughs> I well, can't it was like a week ago i'm not that surprised <laughs> yeah i uh, went out for a run day before yesterday and my legs didn't trust me yet they're like no we're not doing this ross you need to go back home <laughs> last time we went out this did not end well ross go home <laughs> so but you oh, know I, right but after the pain goes away i, I, I honestly I, I i've i have a vague memory of the pain but i have a huge you know, the, the memory of the the uh, accomplishment and uh, the you know, everything that you put into it, the results of all that is, is what really weighs heavier. And so I've got that drive to go back. I know it's there, maybe tamper a little bit. So I, I, I would love to run other more rolters and, and I'm 99% sure I will. I, uh, I have a bucket list one and I've let my friends know there in Idaho Falls, there's a, a race director there has uh, the, the puts the Palisades ultra uh, up in the, Palisade Mountains there in the in the uh, western part of Wyoming. Uh, they have a, a 50k or a 50 miler that I'm very intrigued by. Uh, loved running up in the mountains. Uh, that's a bucket list. Uh, love to travel for that. I'm not sure um, what it's going to take for me to be able to complete that one. <laughs> it's not it's not an Iowa 50k. It's this is a mountain race and it's very very yeah. different. <laughs> Yeah, hiking like more uphill work is probably the yes. answer. Like that's uh, really, a lot more. Yeah, so and, like really targeting that speed work. I mean, yep, yep. Yeah, that's going to be most of it. <laughs> that's and, and so and then plus the elevation change. We we live about a thousand foot of elevation here in Iowa, and and it's going to start out five or six thousand foot of elevation right off the bat. So and it's in the summer, which is my nemesis. I yeah, just, that uh, one's going to get you. Don't do well in the summer. So, but. You know, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't see getting away from running more ultras. Um, yeah, even if it's self-supported, uh, I, I had run one self-supported 50 K before this 
uh, as a really kind of a dare and as a, uh, a challenge. Uh, I got some uh, discounts actually for the puts race for, for running. Uh, they they, they uh, inspired me to go ahead and do it. Uh, that and, and my wife, we, I have to tell this story. I think she'll let me tell it. We were, uh, you'll, you'll like this. We were at the, uh, one of the local outdoor stores, REI, looking at the uh, nutrition for, for running. Uh, the, 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 goo, the, G, the goose and all the honey things. And, and she's and I was like, yeah, this stuff is for, if you run ultras, you know, run 30, 50 miles and those kind of things. Says, oh, you're never going to do that. I'm like, oh, I'm not. That's, you know, that was just a challenge, right? So, oh, well, now I am. <laughs> so uh, it's always out there. But even beyond running, it's it's uh, a habit of, of working on core, you know, keeping my metabolism up, you know, being regular with the gym and physical activity, physical workouts. That's that's going to be continued continuation and continue to uh, to work on my nutrition, on just daily living nutrition, uh, to be able to eat better and and uh, try to eat down my bacon store that I've got. I don't know, can't I can't just get rid of it. I got to eat it, but after I get through it, I'll have to question and talk to myself about what we're going to do with bacon. So that's what I kind of see for, for going forward for the next year uh, and, and, and beyond. Probably some more elk hunts. I just guide people on backpacking trips and elk hunts. I, I love those. those. That's awesome. Love it. That's awesome, Ross. I think all that really sounds good. So I guess like the last question I ask everybody is like, is there any another, another message that you want to get out to people or say or like spread? You've done so much like good work here. And I really appreciate all the kind words. I really do. But like, what might you still want to share with people before we hang, hang this up? Yeah, but it's, I, honestly, it's, it's the, uh, be able to work through the nutrition and the training plan and, and workouts and, and even the psychology. We got into that some. We talk about the um, getting our, our head out of our way. Uh, I, I struggle with that personally, but um, just in the one-on-one the -on -one part of it, right? Because you're able to help work through things. You, you know, you're, you're knowledgeable about stuff that I'm just completely naive about, right? So it was just awesome to be able to, to work through those things. And that was, that was great. It's just, uh, it, it's, uh, I, I couldn't have got through any of this without the, the coaching involved because I've tried before and it didn't work out so well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and struggling, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get that. I'm kind of the same way. And as you said, like so much of this is a mental game, right? Like yeah. it's uh it's hard. Like this is a hard, hard thing. Running for hours at a time is a thing that like your body is not going to be a huge fan of. <laughs> like yeah. this is true. This is kind of how I present things with everybody. Like it's why I ask people why they do ultras, because like you need to have a bit of a driving force for it because you're not going to want to do it every day. Kind of the same thing, like if I'm talking to someone in person about fat loss or which have you, like all that matters is your like averages over time for all of these things. And if you constantly like miss every other day because you just don't want to do it, then we're probably not going to make a lot of progress. And I almost promise you that you're often not going to want to do it. So we got to figure out ways to like make that happen anyway. And that, you know, it gets to the structure piece of it. Cause I would, if, if I didn't feel good, I just stayed in bed. Right. Or I stayed in the house or, you know, they'll look good outside. So I'm not going out, but, right. The, the plan motivated me to stay after things. And that, that helped that, that, what that accountability, the structure, 
that was just huge because, um, you know, I think one of the, the things that I remember hearing from you, you may have quoted somebody else, but to do hard things, you have to do hard things. Yeah. And, you know, to run fast, you need to run fast and all those things out, you know, you just, so those were cool, you know? Um, yeah. Doing, doing hard stuff makes the next hard thing easier. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's, it's one of those. And I really feel you on the plan thing. Like I, I'm not a, you and I are different in the sense I'm not a huge fan of running in the rain. And I did it last weekend for like 15 miles. Cause it was, <laughs> what I needed to do to get ready for this race I have coming up next week. And I trying to remember this stat. So I think they've shown that if you just have a plan, like a pretty, a good plan, it has to be one that's actually going to take you to your goals. But if you just have a plan, you increase your chances of success by like 60% because you have something holding you accountable. And I think if you like, good coaching with that plan key on the good part, but key on like good coaching with a good plan, you increase your chances like to over 90% because you'll actually like have someone. It's not just the accountability. It's also the like support and ability to adapt and all these things, but even just a plan will often increase your success by a lot. Yep. I, I could tell it helped me a lot, you know, on the, on the days I didn't want to, I still done it anyways. And, and and uh, pushing back-to-back runs. That, that was when I really started struggling. It was like, oh, wait a minute. I can run the day after a long run. <laughs> it yeah, wasn't man. always easy, but, you know, it's so it was, it was, it was, it was all good. It was all good. It was a very, very, uh, a great learning experience. And, and this, it's, uh, it, it helped, uh, it's critical to, to reaching that goal of completing that race. And within the, the time constraint, uh, it was nine hours, but all gone. That was, for me, that was hard. Uh, oh yeah and, i feel that and uh so we're all gonna have those right like i <laughs> what i'm doing i'm a, i'm not worried about the cutoff time but yeah. i think it's going to be a little closer to the cutoff time than it is halfway to the cutoff time yeah. <laughs> like yeah like it's i think this is one of those things when you set the goals that actually challenge you that like they're gonna be hard man. i think that's part of it well, so, and in that race, I didn't mention this earlier, but it's a nine hour cutoff and, and I finished in like six minutes left or something. You know, I was, you know, was nine, nine out or eight hours and 50 minutes on the yeah. nose just about. Right. So Pretty much, just, I had yeah. no time to leave anything on the table on that one. I will say you were styling far shorter than that, though. And I think like. I don't know, you had not that far to go about two hours out. I think if you needed to push it, you could have. and you the goal was to finish like very clearly that was the goal so you let yourself not destroy yourself in the in the effort to do that but i would also say that if you were you probably could finish like 20 30 minutes earlier if you were willing to like end up with hip problems the next day or something right so like right and like i'm glad you made the choice you did because that's why we set these goals at the start where it's like i want to finish and i don't want to be screwed up for weeks right so i think that's really good Oh man, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else you want to share with people before we hang up? Well, I don't. I appreciate it. Appreciate all the work you've done with us, with me to help me get to this point. So learn a lot of things, a lot of, yeah. lot of things to continue to apply this next year. So it was a pleasure, Ross. And I appreciate you coming on here. Hang out for a second. Everybody else, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back here soon. Thanks.
Thank you for listening to the show. To be clear, I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian, and nothing you heard was medical advice. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.